Investors have been flooded with information about environmental, social, and governance, ESG, investing. And there are an increasing number of ESG products on the market. How can an investor distinguish between these funds? And how should they invest? Here's what matters. Live from our respective coronavirus social distancing outposts, I'm Lauren Goodwin. And I'm Robert Sarenbet. And this is Market Matters from New York Life Investments. In this podcast, we share insights from the multi-asset solutions team at New York Life Investments, what we think matters as we manage investment solutions. That includes Mainstay's diversified portfolio series, including the Income Builder Fund, as well as bespoke solutions for our partners. By sharing perspectives and engaging with you, our listeners, we can all become better investors. Welcome, everybody. It's the week of October 4th, 2021. Happy October. And happy spooky season. My local grocers have already stocked aisles and aisles and aisles of Halloween candy. And maybe we'll even have some trick-or-treaters this year. Mm. An exciting Halloween is definitely due after a remote one last year. Remember, folks, throw out your candy wrappers because I don't want to see those lying around in the environment. Speaking of the environment, that, along with two other topics social and governance, has been top of mind lately for us on the multi-asset solutions team. That's right. Put them all together and you get ESG investing. Wow. Great segue to the notes. Now, I know we've discussed ESG investing on this podcast before in various contexts, what it is, why it is receiving so much attention. That's right. And I encourage any listeners unfamiliar with ESG to go back to our episode from April 5th of this year. And today, we want to better understand some of the nuances in ESG investing the opportunities and the challenges. So if you decide that environmental or social governance issues are important to you and your portfolios, we're going to be talking about how you actually implement those ideas into a portfolio. How do you determine which strategies and managers are really taking those issues seriously and implementing them in the correct way? That sounds complicated. Easier said than done. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the great part of today is that it doesn't have to be complicated. And joining us to help make sense of it all is Amit Sony, a veteran guest of the pod, as well as a portfolio manager in charge of a new sustainable fund of funds. So welcome, Amit Sony. Thank you, Robert. Always a pleasure to be here. Yes, welcome, welcome. And to kick this off, Amit, could you remind our listeners just what ESG investing is? Sure. ESG investing is an investment approach that systematically considers environmental, social, and governance factors alongside traditional financial analysis as a significant part of its investment process. Perfect definition. I like to think of it like this for our listeners. How might a company's profit be susceptible to risks like an extreme weather event or harsh labor practices or utilizing a scarce resource or maybe even an unethical business dealing? These are the core inputs of how a company creates value to their business and managing these risks accordingly may result in a more attractive financial performance profile. There are other ways that values-focused investing can make a difference too. For example, lots of investors have similar values, like a certain area of corporate social responsibility, then using that interest and that allocation of capital by many investors can actually operate as a driver of change in those areas. Mm, Well said. And we've discussed before the reasons why ESG remains a compelling focus for the financial services industry. Investors are becoming more conscious of the social and environmental costs of their allocation choices. And to address this growing need, we're seeing an increasing number of ESG products on the market. 
Yeah, it's great to see more responsible investing sparking change in the industry. But investing in ESG is a bit more nuanced than it seems. There's a lot of different approaches, many fund options, and even differences in investment values. It can be quite a complex space, as you just noted, Amit. But to me, that does sound like a good opportunity for an active manager to come in and add a lot of value if they can identify the right factors or metrics. I agree, but it also sounds like with so many choices, it can get confusing to figure out how to build all of this into somebody's broader financial strategy. Amit, what do you think is a good way for an investor to position themselves in ESG products? My recommendation is to really understand the exposure or theme that you're putting in the portfolio. What controversies are you removing? What potential biases will that portfolio construction process have? What opportunities and risks may come with the fund? Values and ESG risks are important, but so are the old principles of investing, strategic asset allocation, balance, cost, and diversification. With a lot of keywords like that, I think it's a perfect time to transition to our portfolio pause, a segment of the program where we share an investment idea. And today, Amit will share with us exactly how he evaluates ESG-associated risk in portfolio construction. So, Amit, with so many funds out there, as you said, how can investors reconsider the core of their portfolios to more efficiently take ESG considerations into account? So we select holdings from a universe of funds that explicitly consider ESG factors, and then we maximize the ESG efficiency ratio. ESG efficiency ratio. I've heard a lot of mathematical terms, but not that one. What's that? Good question. What we call an ESG efficiency ratio is a proprietary measure used by the mass team. I'll walk you through what this is. Are you familiar with the Sharpe ratio? Yes, of course. But for our listeners who may be unfamiliar... The Sharpe Ratio is a metric that is used by financial professionals to evaluate the relationship between risk and returns among investments. It specifically measures the amount of excess return for an asset greater than what the overall market would give you. So for each unit of risk, generally speaking, a higher Sharpe Ratio usually makes for a more preferable investment. That's exactly right. So the ESG efficiency ratio is similar to traditionally used investment metrics such as Sharpe ratio or information ratio. But instead of focusing on maximizing returns per unit of risk, the ESG efficiency ratio maximizes ESG scores per unit of risk or per unit of active risk. Interesting. But where do you get the ESG scores? We at the mass team use data from third-party services such as Morningstar or MSCI, both well-respected and well-known service providers in ESG investment research. A higher ESG score indicates lower risk related to ESG factors. ESG factors may include climate change, human rights, health and safety, board structure, diversity, and many others. These risks or issues have a potentially substantial impact on the economic value of the company. Exactly, exactly. And they can impact different companies and sectors in different ways. But now I'm wondering if we already have metrics to measure ESG, why not just attempt to maximize the ESG score or reduce ESG-related risks? In other words, like what's the additional information that the ESG efficiency ratio gives you that just looking at the overall ESG score doesn't give you? That's a great question. A wide range of practices and strategies available in the market right now apply ESG diligence to varying degrees and in different ways. These risks taken together can lead to significant investment differences, missing sectors and styles. 
the combination may cause a portfolio to deviate from an investor's long-term strategic objectives and miss out on potential broad market gains. Ah, I see. So this ratio, the ESG efficiency ratio, is a quantitative process to overcome that issue? Yes. Using the ESG efficiency ratio, we seek to balance ESG-related risks with strategic investment goals. As a result, the resulting fund could be a core holding for someone who wants to have material exposure to ESG factors, but wants to do so without a huge cost to their long-term investment objectives in case ESG factors end up underperforming. I see. So if I understand correctly, using this ESG efficiency ratio that you and the team have developed in a portfolio construction process could potentially and systematically balance both ESG exposure without deviating from strategic risk return investment goals. Exactly. It systematically identifies the building blocks of a well-diversified, low-active-risk core portfolio. Sounds like a great solution for both a values-based investor and an ESG risk-aware investor as well. Super elegant solution. Thank you, Amit, for coming and sharing your knowledge with us today. Thank you both. Coming up next, it's Jobs Week. Fed Chair Jay Powell said that we are on track for recovery and he only needs to see a decent, in air quotes, report on Friday to be convinced that it's time to reduce monthly asset purchases. Decent, not even exceptional. That's right. Well, we're also closely watching the ongoing negotiations in Congress. It appears as though the government shutdown has been avoided until at least December, but a deadline to raise or suspend the debt ceiling looms in the next couple of weeks. We don't expect this market risk to materialize, but we may still experience some volatility as the Treasury's deadline of around October 18th approaches. That's it for today. We'll be back next week with more Market Matters. Let us know what matters to you. If you have a question or topic of interest, reach out to us on social media. You can send us your questions or highlight what matters to you by finding us on LinkedIn. You can also follow our views on our website. That's NewYorkLifeInvestments.com and click the Insights tab. Until then, I am Robert Serendetz. And I'm Lauren Goodwin. See you next time. Our podcast is produced by Milo Benamonts, and our music was composed by the fabulous Zach Young. I'll now read our disclosures from compliance. Impact investing and or environmental, social, and governance or ESG managers may take into consideration factors beyond traditional financial information to select securities, which could result in relative investment performance deviating from other strategies or broad market benchmarks, depending on whether such sectors or investments are in or out of favor in the market. Further, ESG strategies may rely on certain values-based criteria to eliminate exposures found in similar strategies or broad market benchmarks, which could also result in relative investment performance deviating. For more information about mainstay funds, call 1-800-624-6782 for a prospectus or summary prospectus. Investors are asked to consider the investment objectives, risks, and charges and expenses of the investment carefully before investing. The prospectus or summary prospectus contains this and other information about the investment company. Please read the prospectus or summary prospectus carefully before investing. There's no assurance that the investment objectives will be met. Past performance is no guarantee of future results, which will vary. All investments are subject to market risk and will fluctuate in value. This material represents an assessment of the market environment as of a specific date. It is subject to change and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information should not be relied upon by the reader as research or investment advice regarding the funds or any issuer or security in particular. The strategies discussed are strictly for illustrative and educational purposes and are not a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any securities or to adopt any investment strategy. There is no guarantee that any strategies discussed will be effective. 
This material contains general information only and does not take into account an individual's financial circumstances. This information should not be relied upon as a primary basis for an investment decision. Rather, an assessment should be made as to whether the information is appropriate in individual circumstances, and consideration should be given to talking to a financial advisor before making an investment decision. New York Life Investments is both a service mark and the common trade name of certain investment advisors affiliated with the New York Life Insurance Company. The mainstay funds are managed by New York Life Investment Management, LLC, and distributed by NY Life Distributors, LLC, 30 Hudson Street, Jersey City, New Jersey, 07302, a wholly owned subsidiary of New York Life Insurance Company. NY Life Distributors, LLC is a member of FINRA SIPC.